it's Michelle from Breaking the Dice, and I'm here with Jay. What's up? And Paul. Hello. And we are fresh from all of the cons, but recently, Tsunami Con. We got a lot to talk about today because it's been a while. If you hear heavy breathing in the background, that's because Jay acquired a new puppy dog, and so he thinks he needs to be part of the podcast team. It's been a minute. We missed you. And kind of got to say we're sorry. And so, because it has been a minute. We did a podcast at Gen Con. Unfortunately, just due to all the craziness, weren't able to do a second one. So some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is kind of games we've played there, played since then, what we like, what we don't like. And then recently, as in we just got back today, we got back from TsunamiCon in Wichita, which was a great local convention. It focuses mainly on RPGs, but I think this year, I mean, we, the board gamers, yep. totally uh, made a, sure we were known that we, we were there. Yeah, an enormous presence. And we had, we had almost every... Every table, to- every table running some game at some point. Uh, pretty much through most of the convention, even 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 late. You know, there were oh, yeah. eight or nine games going. So yeah, it was like, uh, guys. I think at the peak yesterday, there were eighteen running all at once. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's every, amazing. Every single table was had a game running on it that was devoted to tabletop. Yeah, and then really there were some library. empty tables over in the RPG. Not near as much going on for the RPG stuff as there was. Yep. Tabletop board games. Not that it's a competition, but we won. Yes, exactly. um, So that was a great con. Um, I know that they've already planned for it to be at the same place, the Scottish Rights Center in Wichita, the same weekend, which would be the first weekend in October for next year. So, you know, if if you're interested in that, uh, definitely put that in your long-term calendar. It's a great con, and if you're local, it's inexpensive because you don't have to get a hotel or do anything like that. And just great, one of the guys who runs it, really put it best. It just has great energy. I think everybody was there to play and everybody was there to have a good time. And there wasn't, sometimes like you get a little bit of an elitist group or mm-hmm. something like that just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I made a made a group of people that, that very much were not not interested in uh, any sort of any sort of mathy game. Made them made them play sentient, and they had a great time. First thing in the morning, by oh, yes. the way. Early in the morning. We did first thing. <laughs> like, well, what what's what's a what's a game we should play? And I'm like, well, you should play sentient. No, not enough people are playing sentient. Let's 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 get on this. They played it. When they he did, did great. this, literally, there were two other games of sentient going on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't acknowledge that. So our copy hadn't been played yet. So no, we had no, to play that it. was the only uh, Steve yeah, from Renegade Games. You gotta let it breathe. It was a great time. I can't send out love to them enough that, uh, I mean, it's a small crew of people really working hard to make that a good convention for everybody. Um, They have the most beautiful venue I've ever seen for a convention. Um, it's it's just a beautiful building, and it's super cool to like be able to go into all these different rooms. And they're all themed differently. So there's like an Egyptian room, there's a crystal room, and to go in there and and to play like an RPG in a room that's all decked out with Egyptian decor, like that's just kind of cool. The main gaming hall has a grand staircase. I mean that's yeah, it's a it's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a castle style out exterior building built in the 1880s, something like that. Yeah, history. Shouting out to Tabletop Java Shop, they are new and they are right out by Hero Complex on on Wood North Woodlawn. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were there and had delicious treats all weekend long. They had uh, meeple cookies. And coffee. Mm. I mean, and and they brought back surge, which I didn't know was in the, legal. In those frosted muffins, you like? <laughs> in 
those frosted muffins? Those were amazing. Red velvet frosted muffins because I'm not supposed to have sugar. They were amazing. Got to meet the lady who was running it and she she was Erica, she was uh, she was really, really fun, really excited mm-hmm. about the board games being played. We kind of talked about some of the stuff we like. And so she's actually going to probably come on the podcast here, not you know, not too far down the road. So I uh, look forward to hearing from her. What other what other fun things were out there? Um, they had some great vendors going on. Gave a, gave away a lot of great prizes. Some very some very very good, very interesting games, you know, went out the door in the hands of some some excited players. So that was Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was really cool to see. They, there were some interesting things on that list. They were giving away twenty to twenty five games, I think, total. Yeah, it was yeah. so a lot of donated yeah. games from local places, Hobby Town, and some of the other game stores in Wichita. Yeah. So it was when, really good to see. When we did this last year, they had maybe maybe ten games maybe, that they were giving yeah, away. Yeah, maybe ten to twelve. And and so many of those games, it was between the two or three people that had that had played that game, and and this time it's you know twenty to thirty people. Yeah, I think our highest game. count game was I think twenty eight, mm. twenty eight or thirty two, some multiple thereof. I would say Red Dragon Inc. had quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. and Flux, Flux Flux was yeah. you know, they had the the four different versions of Flux. <laughs> got a lot of play and, and you know there were plenty of casual gamers there so I think I think Flux is a fine game to, to put in front of a in front of a casual gamer you know it's not not my favorite game I think it needs more meat to it but getting that in front of a casual gamer it's a really easy game to pick up and play and and, 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 and get the hang of it you know if anything it's it's practice for more complicated more interesting games and, and a great con game just yeah. sure. grabbing oh, yeah. random people or mm-hmm. limited yeah. time filling some time in between an RPG mm-hmm. which I mean we had quite a few that were mm-hmm. filling time before their yeah. next event or that whatever was, that was and, a common question what can I play I've got 30 minutes I've got yeah. 20 minutes yeah. yeah what can I play also uh, Cardboard Carnage they were also out there and they were uh, they have a podcast also so go check them out mm-hmm. and they were out there teaching some games and they had some great games they were playing too I saw post Ocean Explosion. I saw... Wasteland uh, Survival. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they had some really good games going. So if, you, if you're interested in a local fun con and want to learn some games, I think this is a really great place to do it because the ratio of people who are willing to teach games to the people who don't know is a great ratio because mm-hmm. it took nothing for, you know, I, I taught Pandemic I don't know how many times this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, just because yeah. five people would come up and be like, we want to play Pandemic. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's break it out. I'll help you out. Yeah, it's a great mix of your your casual gamers who haven't played very much and your semi-casual gamers who played everything Will Wheaton told them to play on tabletop. Uh-huh. And, then, and then you have, you know, the hardcore gamers that have played every popular game that's been out since the 80s, you know. Uh, so we, we, we had a really great mix and, and kind of put people together. Everybody seemed to be having a good time. You know, it worked out really, really well for everybody. I think uh, one of the fun events that I wish I would have hopped in on is they had Hero Quest for charity. Uh-huh. And so it's these guys. And I'm telling you, they had a mint copy. It did, he, we, I got to talk to the guy who ran it because I was like, holy moly, I've never seen a used copy of Hero Quest in this mm-hmm. amazing condition. He's like, yeah, most of them are broken, but I yeah. glued them, repainted them, and had to fix them all. Yeah, you gotta, you, <laughs> you gotta look real close at that gargoyle, because <laughs> so, those wings are broken. I guarantee it. <laughs> so, um, you know, just a lot of fun things like that going on of just like these cool mm-hmm. games. Um, there was like the Dungeon of Death, which was uh, kind of a quick D and D campaign that was, I think it was 
only an hour long or something. And they kept a big whiteboard with a tally of how many people had died in this dungeon. And so that was fun to see. I mean, yeah, great vendors. Uh, they have food going all day, so you don't mm. even have to leave. It's kind of nice. Yeah, and, and super friendly. They were very, very much uh, attentive. They, you know, I, I tried to order something that they were out of. And, you know, they came running looking for me as soon as they, Twice. As soon as they had some ready. And I'm like, I can wait. It's no big deal. It's not a problem. And good yeah, food. So. I mean, it wasn't, it's not normal con food. I mean, it's a lot of fried food. It, but it, prices it, it, are, are it's reasonable. A lot of, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of normal con food, but it's yeah. kind of on the on the good end of the spectrum. Like, yeah. yeah. Sandwiches. Pretty, pretty, pretty a pretty burgers and stuff like that. It was really good. And then, like, the vendors were the same way. I mean, we had a vendor come over and just give us some promos. He's like, here, have some cool promos because I've got mm-hmm. a bunch of them and you guys have the games because he saw the games sitting out there that we had done that we had brought yeah. to play. So once again, love goes out to everybody who was there, played games, had a great time with all of us, and we cannot wait to do it again. Mm-hmm. Speaking of conventions, we've not talked since Gen Con. I mean, we've talked behind the scenes. We've not talked to you since Gen Con. So I want to talk about we've been working hard to get through all of the con games and and start trying to you know make sure we can get an opinion and tell you a little bit about about them. I don't think we have time tonight to go over everything and I think there's still a couple that we haven't gotten played. Well, and I think I think what's probably going to happen here is you're going to hear about these games, maybe not in a in a structured review of all oh, these yeah. games, but we're going to be talking about these games. So many good things so we picked up at Gen many. Con that we're, we're, we're definitely not done with these. Talk about Sentient. Made, it, made an effort to pull that one out, you know, earlier today and, and had a lot of fun with it. So that, that one I've been very happy with through multiple replays of it. So, so I think that, what we'll yeah. do is I'm going to surprise the guys because I didn't tell them to do this. Um, uh, I think what we'll, <laughs> think what we'll do... Going off script. I think what we'll do is we'll just go around and Wait, just uh, give... I didn't get a copy of the script. It's okay. Wait, um, we have a script? <laughs> when, when do we ever have scripts here? Hold on. So, I got a problem. Chapter gonna, one. <laughs> we're all going to go around the table and talk, talk about our favorite game we got at Gen Con. I will start off. It's definitely, I wouldn't say like a by far, but my favorite game we got is Wasteland Express Delivery Service. This is an amazing game. I've rambled on about it. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing the, the title. Every, if, everyone's rambled on about <laughs> it. It's a very popular game. A um, lot of good press. I think I talked about it in our last episode in pretty in pretty good length. Um, so I'm that not going to go... That was before the play, though. It that was, was before we yeah. got a chance to sit down now, and really I will tell spin you, the wheels. The play time spin the wheels. Ah. Uh, I will tell you, we're experienced gamers. We played it with experienced gamers. And our time on it was uh, almost double what the box time is. I foresee, as we play it more, that going down pretty quick. Mm. But you may want to plan out a little bit longer than thinking you're going to be able to knock this game out in two hours. If you haven't played the game, or if you're playing with probably somebody who's not real well-versed in like a Euro-style game or, you know, heavier games, if you have somebody who's pretty new to the group or new to the new to the hobby, you should plan on it taking a little bit long. Well, like I said, ours was doubled what the box said. So just plan on that. And like I said, as we play it more and as we get, get more and more time with it, I think that will easily go down. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, I would I would give it that critique. Other than that, great game. I've talked about it a million times. Wonderful artwork, wonderful theme. It's got the yeah. elements of a Euro with an amazing theme thrown onto it, which you usually don't see. Yeah, the, the artwork for those Raiders is really something else. Like, <laughs> it really does. Encourage you to take a take a flip through those cards sometimes. There's, there's some interesting characters. It's there. a distinct, I mean, it breathes of, like, Fury Road, uh-huh, Mad Max uh-huh. Fury Road. Like, I know that yep. they can't say that, and 
we can't say that that man is that. I mean, you just it makes me want to watch the movie. Like yeah, I mean, we all know that's, <laughs> we all know that's the future we're going to. So this is just getting us prepared. <laughs> so Paul, what was your favorite? I think part of the problem we had with that game was nobody was rushing the yeah. objective yeah. to you need finish to, it. You need to push quicker. more aggressively. Keep yeah. keep your eye on the prize. And so if, if even one person truly been rushing it, it would yeah. have sped the game up a lot more because everybody would have had to change. But we all were playing very slow and building up our own little things, and to, to be it fair, drug the game on a lot longer. I was definitely rushing it. I was just doing very poorly. <laughs> True. True. So, Paul, what was your favorite game from Jetcon? Uh, okay, so... And you only get one. This isn't one of those things where I say, what's your favorite? Well, and you're like, well, these five. I'm going to have to talk about The End Is Nigh. So... <laughs> uh, right, so... We talked about was it a little bit. Is that a real game? Before. I, I didn't it, think it was. It is a real game. We played it. Yeah, it didn't feel like a real game. Well, you don't feel like a real game. No, so we talked a little, about it a little bit. Um, going to Gen Con, the, all the big name titles, uh, everything, you know, everything exciting and new and fresh. It's all there, but I went there with the goal of kind of throwing, throwing a few dollars at a smaller game producer, uh, something that, that, you know, I had never heard of, something that maybe... Not a lot of people have ever heard of. So I'm, I'm, I ended up walking around the con, kind of near some of the the back booths where the, you know, the the the, the scummier kind of kind of dark the back alleys <laughs> of the it's also of the known convention as center. the indie alley where, oh, yeah, where yeah. the in, indie that, yeah that's right that's the, what they, the indie alley that's what they called it um, yeah, yeah you know yeah like so a lot of indie games you know some kind of hit or miss there's some some interesting concepts there and a, a lot a lot of that stuff just kind of soaking it in you know and I found a guy who kind of whispered and said hey, 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 hey get over here. <laughs> He if opens were, up his trench coat. If they're whispering in Gen Con, you didn't hear them. <laughs> right. So, so we, so we had this, this, this little game. It's a, it's a small box game. The end is nigh. It is a, it is a pre-apocalyptic game. Basically, the concept here is that the world is about to be destroyed by a giant meteor, and you are all playing people on a committee that's trying to interview candidates for entry into the bunker where the last bits of humanity will survive. The problem is that there's also a doomsday cult that is trying to get into the bunker and make sure that their their prophecies are fulfilled by ending all of humanity. So so the job of the interviewers is to try to kind of deduce which of these people are going to be working for the doomsday cult and, and have, the, have their ideology. You also throw in a little bit of a wrench that one of the players might actually be a little bit interested in that doomsday cult ideology. So they're trying to get some of their cult buddies to to come in so so you you're, you're doing this kind of kind of puzzly card manipulation you get to look at one card and maybe you'll move some cards around maybe you'll move some people around and you're doing all this kind of against the clock everyone's putting in votes for who they think needs to be rejected and then at the end if everybody's cool then you win. You know, it's real light, kind of relatively cheap game. It, it, it has a really puzzly element, so it's a little bit difficult at first getting used to it, and then I think once you get used to it, it'll probably start to lose some of the replay value because you'll have everything sort of figured out. But other than that, like, I, th- I just thought it was really cool. Uh, it was a really, really cool experience to, to pick up something sort of random that I'd never heard of, and, and it turns out to be a pretty, a pretty okay game. I won't say it's necessarily the the best game in that in that genre. Even uh, even I think of games we picked up that were similar. 
Crossfire is probably a, a better game overall, but but this was an interesting an interesting grab, and that's why that's okay. a, it's, a, it's a good good memory there. I would I would like to say that I agree, but I do not. So Jay, what was your favorite <laughs> game of the of, of Gen Con? This is a tough choice. There were so many good games. Well, I'm, I know. And I mean, I'm just going to change my mind later anyway and talk about what other ge- other games. Whatever your favorite thing was, getting celery and potatoes. I didn't get celery. I got asparagus. Oh, yeah. asparagus. We talked asparagus, about that potatoes, and cucumbers. Yes. I don't know. My, my favorite game, I would probably have to say, would be Century Golem Edition. Very good. Very which good. was a really good game. It's their Century Spice Road Golem Edition. And they did basically took the Century Spice Road, I think it was a Gen Con, Gen Con exclusive of the Golem Edition? I believe so. So it, it's all the cards are really interesting golems. Beautiful mm. artwork. Just yeah. amazing artwork. And that's the best part. Every yeah, time they, you flip over a new a new golem card, it's like, oh, here's the, here's our lumberjack golem. <laughs> and you're collecting gems through through your hand, so you're you're buying cards or drafting cards out of a out of a pool to build up your hand, which you can play to get gems so that you can craft or, or buy these golems. And so it, it's just around, it, it's a quick, fast-paced game. Goes around first person to five or six golems, whatever it is, when, ends the game, and then we. You tally up points to determine the winner. I don't know. The artwork was amazing. Out of all the games we brought back, probably my favorite artwork. Definitely. Yeah, um, I, I can see that. I can definitely see the that. The golems were all interesting. Every time you flip over a new one, trying to figure out what the golem is, whether it's a cupcake golem or... Mm-hmm. The ice cream golem. Yeah, yeah, the ice cream golem is great. The yeah, shepherd just, golem was one of my favorites. Yeah. They were all so, just they're so, so cool. So cool yeah. and, and such it, it, good artwork. And every single one of them is different. There's not a single repeat on those uh-huh. golems, and I really appreciate a game that does that. You know, you have you have this deck of cards... They're all going to be different. Let's give them all their own unique art, their own unique character, so we just don't have a whole bunch of repeats. That's a really, really nice game. Mm-hmm. That game also got a whole bunch of play at Con this weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's a great looking game. Like, yeah, that's that's a, that's a game that I that I you know I would love to see from across the room. You know, mm-hmm. the with the bright, colorful gems and those little little white trays and all the the. It's a very colorful kind of cartoony artwork, so it's it's all very bright and colorful. Yeah, definitely. Those are all great picks. And I think, you know, for a Gen Con that was produ- like being predicted as like not having anything exciting and people are like, man, what is going to be the game this year? Yeah. And I think if, if, if anybody was watching really closely to some of the, some of the chatter that we were throwing out beforehand, uh, there were a lot of people that were making Gen Con announcements, not for games they were going to have at Gen Con, just to announce that these are uh-huh. games that were in production. And yeah. that was a big frustration, is that there were certain producers where they didn't bring anything new. Yeah, cool mini or not, Yeah, like, one it was, of the biggins. It, like, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was almost nothing... Nothing, yeah, like, nothing new coming out of Gen Con. It was just a lot of talk of a lot of cool things that they were working on. And, and to be fair, like, a lot of the projects they're working on are very interesting, and they're going yeah. to be very good. But, uh, yeah, they just showed up and with almost nothing. I was a little nervous, I'm not going to lie, like, especially when you have like a money and time invested in doing a big trip like that. It's like, oh, don't suck. Like, please don't. Like, I hope that... But, I mean, there were so many games. Mm. It was like every game was the game, depending on what oh, you yeah. were interested in. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ex Libros sold out like 
Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. That yeah. was not one I thought we would have to worry yeah. about. A game like, about being a librarian. Like, who, who would have <laughs> thought... That game would have sold that, out. That, that like, would have that much you know, interest. Yeah, and, and we talked about this before. We had, so many vendors are like, sold out on Friday, um, and, you know... Just Twilight Imperium at $150 still sells out. Yeah, and so almost instantly, yeah. like... You know, and so I think that was what was really cool about this one is, yeah, there wasn't that one big game. Mm. And, uh, you know, well, DI4 is kind of a big game. But yeah, there wasn't that one that everybody was anticipating and everybody, you know, that there wasn't a blood rage. Mm. There was, you know, things like that. But this, I mean, there, it just seemed like there were just so many good things. And even, uh, we give Fall a hard time for lo- his love love of indie games. And if you love indie games, that's awesome, and I totally support you. But if you were into that, there was plenty of that available, yep. and they were good. Mm-hmm. I, I played a couple different little indie games, and they were really good. Some of these, you know, it used to be really easy to tell, uh, that's an indie game. Like, mm-hmm. it might be a good yep. game, but you could totally tell it's an indie game. And that line is getting more and more blurred. There was a couple great games I looked at to play with my kid, and the reason why I went over there is like the artwork the components were amazing and so if an indie game can draw you like that it's like oh wow so I mean everybody's kind of stepping it up a level I feel like mm-hmm. definitely yeah you know and I think I think that's because the industry you know gamers were starting to demand it you know saying mm-hmm. why why do I have a game full of full of wooden cubes you, you could do more you could do better exactly. you could do something else so uh, it's even it's just having like the gyms in, in, in Golem yeah like those well, in the it, it, regular it, game, they are cubes. In Century yeah. Spice Road, they are cubes. Oh, but the, just, the Golem it, edition is is the game. <laughs> Century Spice Road. I'm sorry, <laughs> Golems win every time. <laughs> so great experiences, and we've had these great conversations about some fun times we've had. Um, I hate to derail and take a, a different path here, but I feel like there's an important conversation that needs to be had. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So, there was a very, I don't know if we want, we'll just throw it out there. Tom Vassell had recently started a little mini-series, as he called it, about friendly local game stores. And last Monday, he put out, I think it was the first or the second, in this mini-series. And this was rough. He... So the, the 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 miniseries is geared towards uh, should you support? talk talk it's the miniseries is, is is intended to be talking about local game stores and and kind of his his take on it his thoughts on it and you what know advice he would have for those yeah. people that, that that's kind of the goal episode one he kind of came out with the with the premise of should you even support your local game store so so right off the bat you know we've got some we've got kind of it's kind of a kind of a, a polarizing statement but behind that there's there's actually a question that is kind of trying to start that conversation yeah. and while um, I might be biased as somebody who loves doing things for local community obviously I work for Village Geek mm-hmm. a friendly local game store I might have some biases here and I, I would I would argue to say maybe we all do just because we have such a love right. of our friendly local we, game store and when we, we when we run our when we run events we're going through yeah. we're going through local stores I don't know necessarily how we would arrange it otherwise but yeah. but yeah so we have we have that yeah, bias we, we have, have good good relationships with and I think with, it's kind uh, of like a when you've got somebody picking on, you know, your sibling or whatever, and they're like, ah, that, you know, you kind of puff up and get a little bit more protective. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what it is. But my, I think the conversation that needs to be had is there are any store. Take gaming out of it. There are stores that probably should not be supported. If you don't feel welcome there, if you don't Absolutely. feel like you're getting the service that, you know, you should be get from any sort of any sort of customer service type uh, situation, then don't support that store. I am all for that. I mean, we've had experiences with bad game stores. And so 
we don't go to those game stores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the important thing is the game store has got to has got to be a good fit for you. It's the clientele that are, are going to be there have to be the kind of people that you're, you're comfortable yeah. being around. You know, if people are, are screaming and swearing across the room, you need to ask yourself if that's, if that's the gaming experience that you're looking for. If it's not, you're looking for a different store, maybe a different time. Yeah. To be, to be yeah. honest, the, the store is going to play feel different yeah. around midnight than it is at... Worked. Three, three in the afternoon. I have worked at the game store from when the kid, the the kids board game club is there in the morning to the magic tournament at night, and there is a very different feel in between. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying go out and support whatever game store you can, and I totally think that you should support a store that needs to be supported. However, the way that it was put out, especially by somebody as uh, noteworthy, argumentatively like the biggest board game, like celebrity would be a term. Mm-hmm. I just think it was really harsh to put it out there as such a negative thing. I really mm-hmm. think that that's something that as a hobby, we're used to talking about it. And maybe most people don't understand what we're talking about because you almost speak in our own code when we're throwing out heroes and point salad you know and you're throwing out these things and people you know but the hobby's getting bigger and you're talking about a hobby that used to be fairly small and exclusive mm-hmm. and now has millions of people around the world that you know watch mm-hmm. Tom Vassell I mean if you look at any of his views on any of the board game breakfasts and things like that like a lot of people watch that and to put it out there so negatively and to kind of seem like and just mm-hmm. kind of put it out there where it almost makes people feel like oh well maybe I'm not supposed to be supporting like a local game store I feel like you've got to watch your message the, the yeah. issue I had with it was the way the message came off was that local game stores aren't necessary yes it, it was very much the way the, the, yeah, and that's I, a, I'm pretty sure he says something to the effect of they're unnecessary yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good way you know, internet, internet has brought about the rise of, the, of board games and so you know local game stores aren't necessary aren't necessary anymore and I, I don't think that that's true I think it's mm-hmm. definitely community based I think I think a good friendly local game store is necessary mm-hmm. but a local game store that's not friendly True, I would agree. It's not necessary. Yeah, but yeah. Un- underneath that, there's a there's a question there, and and really, I think that was ma- like I, I think I think Tom Vassell has a has a, a tone problem. Um, he doesn't always deliver the message the way he intended, mm-hmm. and and, and that and that I think that can ruffle some feathers. But I think I think underneath it, he was trying to ask the question of of if you know what what we should expect out of a game store, you know what what it is that is going to make those game stores you know competitive. If if you're the kind of person that just says I only care about what I'm going to get out of this, so if I buy a game, I want the lowest price. If I'm going to have something going on, I need that to be something that's very interesting to me to make it worth the time and the hassle of, of going out and then potentially having to pay a fee to do that and that's another um, that's another very controversial topic is if, if I go to a, if I go to a game night at a at a game store uh, you know I might have to pay five dollars to play games there that night like in, 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 is that an acceptable thing you know and so I mean these are, these are the kinds of questions that uh, you know that that the people other than me get to answer that that have their own game stores, and I think they're they're difficult questions to answer. I think he, he underneath it all, like I said, I don't I don't necessarily agree with his delivery, but underneath it, I think there's a real question there as to what should game stores be doing to offer something that's worth uh, that's worth that that kind of consumer spending their money on. And 
I mean, I've seen it. I, I mean, anybody who's spending time in a game store see it. You see people come in, look at the games, go, oh, that game looks really cool, pull out their phone and go, it's $15 cheaper on Amazon. In that same breath, though, a lot of those people still come back. And maybe they don't buy the $100 game because they bought it on Amazon for $70. They buy small games to play at board game day. They buy snacks and stuff to enjoy. Mm. They might get their kid or their spouse or whoever else they're bringing with them might wind up being involved in something else there and go, oh yeah, I really like this. Um, And I think that's an important factor. Like, I get, and I've even been that person, to walk into a game store and go, oh, they have this game. Is it worth it to wait a couple days and get it shipped? Or I could buy it right now and take it home tonight and have it in my my grubby little hands. And normally, I'm an impulse shopper, so it goes home with me that night. I don't care. And I think it's just important to know that, like, you, most game stores can't compete with online deals. Mm-hmm. But that's not where you're being competitive. You're being competitive in knowledge. And for somebody to walk up and go, oh, you have, you know, this game. Hey, see you looking at it. Do you know anything about it? I can tell you about it. I can tell you that it's going to be good. Oh, you have your kid with you? Have you seen these hobby games? Like, have mm-hmm. you seen, you know, and I think that's where board game stores really have a place. That and if they are as in, involved in the community as, like I said, our local game store, Village Geek, works really hard. And that's our primary focus is to build the community. No matter what it is, Magic, Pokemon, board games, X-Wing, whatever it is, they work very hard and that's their focus. And I think that is, like I said, I think that's your competitive edge. You know, people talk a lot about board games can't, board game stores can't be competitive. Maybe not pricing against Amazon, but they definitely have a competitive edge over, like, how nice has it been when we've walked in somewhere and said, oh, they have this game, don't know much about it, and somebody can say, oh, have you played it? Because it's awesome, and this is how it works, and these are the mechanisms it has, and... Or, you know, oh, you don't like long games? Maybe not this game, but you can look at this one, which is kind of like that, but Mm. it's shorter, you know? And I think that's where board game stores really become competitive. I just think, for me, my biggest problem was somebody with that much pull, I guess for lack of a better word, or or tout, just taking it really, and I know that he starts off saying, I'm not trying to bash, but it comes off like bashing, and that mm. was my problem. And and like Jay said, I think you put it best of like that they're not necessary. And for us, we live in a small community, and we've been without a board game store, and it's this it's us sitting around playing board games all the yeah. time. Like it's necessary. So we, I, I don't, well, don't want to no... play games with the two of you over and over and over again for the rest of my life. And there's nowhere in so so Village Geek is a thirty minute drive for us away. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else closer for us. Mm-hmm. There there's no good locations to even go. I mean, we've tried to get some stuff going at different places, but usually it's restaurants and that's about it. Yeah. There's no good store that you and can go to. Those since places... some of the local, uh, there, there's been some other local businesses around here that have closed down that used to be a little bit better for that. And those places too, they don't quite see the return on supporting us as board gamers um, because we can't draw a big enough crowd and so it's not like we're filling their restaurant for them. We're not filling their coffee shop Mm -hmm. for them. And so they're seeing people sitting around a table taking up space and sitting there for a long time. I feel like, Um, especially around here, this once again could be community to community. Um, Maybe you have a great coffee shop that will support a boring game night. Mm -hmm. But here, we have places that will support us and say, yeah, sure, come. 
But they're not invested in the community like a game store is or should be. Yeah. So, so then maybe maybe the the answer is really the compromise there. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have we see uh, we've got a new a new board game cafe open up in in Wichita. You know, maybe that's the direction that that some of these stores should be looking more towards. Because I, you know, when we when we go when we go to a place like the Village Geek and do an uh, open gaming day. You know, it's it's you know they might sell some games, but you, you got to wonder if maybe they're just making the real money off of the refreshments. Maybe that's the you know that's that's the real draw, and that's you know that's some that's a, that's a service they can offer if people are going to be there for a few hours. Maybe you want a snack, maybe you want something to drink. It's nice to have it right there, and you know you can throw a little bit of support towards the store. That's you know that's a good thing. So maybe maybe the answer for some of these stores is that they they need to look into the shifting shifting of- towards. Towards a board game friendly, you know, cafe or coffee shop or, or, coffee shop or bar even, yep. which is, you know, something that, that uh, has started to pop up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's more that the bars that had games are starting to get good games, I think is what's really <laughs> it's happening. It's really happening. Um, you know, there, there's always been the mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the bars in some bigger cities where you'll see they've got a, a bookshelf full of their, their monopolies and risks. And, <laughs> In you know Connect Four, and and now they've and probably now, missing now, half the pieces. Now now they have a copy of Catan and Pandemic up there mm-hmm. with it. So so that you know I I I like that direction because I think that I think that gives you more than just saying we're going to go to the store and um, we're just going to play games. It gives you a, a different scenario to to pitch to mm-hmm. you know your friends and coworkers and you know people that you are you know involved with in any any other any other way you can say well, it's going to be a night out it's going to be an evening we're going to go here we're going to you know, the, eat dinner and eat, play games. Eat something, grab some coffee, play some games. You know, make a whole night of it. And, uh, and maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe that's one answer there. Maybe that's something. I the logistics of it, I'm sure, are, are more complicated. Again, I'm really happy that someone else, other than me, gets to do all the heavy lifting to make that kind of thing work. Yeah, but. definitely. Well, and I, I mean, board game cafes have been coming on pretty heavy mm-hmm. lately, anyway. Yeah. Because it gives you a way to supplement your income as a as a game or as a shop owner with drinks with, with sugary drinks that are high priced. You probably get some kombucha, and you know, I mean, Starbucks is a is a prime example of how how well a coffee shop can do just on oh, its own, just on its own. Oh, and yeah. then you add in like allowing a board game night. Mm-hmm. I think the one we were talking about earlier that opened up in Wichita, the uh, tabletop Java shop. She was talking about like they do a different thing every day. Mm. And some of it's not even board game related. I mean, they're board game friendly. They have a library yeah. there, and that's great. But they do like adult coloring nights and mm. like puzzle nights, and yeah. just and their and their sister store is is Headshots, which has been the kind of gamer friendly bar in in Wichita that that has also kind of been recently recently moved, remodeled, uh, whatever. So they they kind of had they kind of had that same model there, where every night they kind of tried to have something a little something going on. I don't know if the schedule was always full, but it's always seemed like. The times that I'd been there, they had a calendar up of kind of these are yeah, these nights, is- these things will happen. Uh, you know, long long time ago, they had uh, they had street pass nights when when, when, that when, was when a thing? street passing was still a thing. So, when that was a thing, you know, when it was not just Paul sitting there well, trying to street pass. People. Yeah, unfortunately, that just never that never really worked in a in a in a, in a place you know in a place like Kansas. There's not enough not enough players to make it a really viable thing. It's great, think, great for cons, though. I think 
the important thing from all of this, and it, and it has caused quite the hubbub and the stir and the controversy. And if you are somebody who believes that, you know, yeah, board game, board game, friendly local game stores are, are the way of the old and, and not needed, then I just urge you to maybe broaden your scope a little bit and try to find one you like. I mean, maybe yeah. you can't find one that you could drive to every night. You know, maybe you're on a vacation somewhere and you're like, oh, this place has a board game store. I should check it out. I just urge you, and maybe you're just not the person and that's just not your scene and that's fine. Some people are not some people are not great at just walking in and talking to people about stuff, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I get that that's not going to fit everybody, but I think people just need to be very careful about being so negative towards a group of people that are trying really hard to grow the community and really facing more barriers than somebody, even like us, that can get on here and talk on a microphone, post it to the internet, and, and talk to 50 yeah. people in a couple minutes. Like, board game stores don't have that accessibility, and so they're trying really hard to grow that community and do everything they can to grow the love and, and, and share the love of whatever hobby you're into. And they don't have the convenience of posting something. I mean, they t- do post things on the internet, but they don't have, you know, people walking into the shop in the thousands like you can on clicks on YouTube. And so I just think you have to be very careful about being negative towards people who are doing that. He did talk about some great go- board game stores. Shout out Madness, which I've been there. Love Madness Comics. Mm, in, uh, yeah, that's an amazing in Plano, place. Tex- in Plano, Texas. It's, it, it's, it's a whole other like world. A, if you've never a, been there, you walk in. Huge! Huge board game. It's, it's incredible. Huge. You know, and we've talked about this a little bit. We've Every time we've traveled, if we've driven somewhere, we stop along the way and eat lunch. And we're like, hey, they have a board game store here. Let's check it out. And I've had way more positive experiences from board game stores locally and across wherever we've driven than I have negative. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had very few negative board games. And so maybe that's just us. Maybe that's just the, the luck of the draw and how we've picked our routes or whatever. But I think yeah. it speaks to something if I, you know, I think the hole-in-the-wall shops that are only selling cards and have a couple broken copies of old games sitting on the shelf and clean their board game store, I think those are kind of the way of the past. And so, you know, I really think that people are really starting to trend towards hiring board gamers that know the games and want to talk to people about them. Hiring people who play Magic and want to play Magic and want to build that community. Hiring people that play X-Wing and really getting people involved and not just, here's somebody who plays the game and sits behind the counter and doesn't talk to you. Mm. And so I just think that, like I said, I just think with, with what Tom Vassell said and everything that he's, he said about this is just the message was so negative, and I just don't think that that's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, we've gone to a lot of different places, and usually the places we go are always friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll give a shout-out to Tabletop and yeah, that's in Kansas one. City, which mm-hmm. has great customer service. Where was Baldur's Gate? Uh, Valhalla's Gate Valhalla's is Gate. in Columbia, Missouri, also it very friendly. It was a really great store. Not store. huge, but... I mean, it was a great store. Yeah, and, you know, Tabletop in, Can- in mm-hmm. well, Overland Park, I think, is where they're actually Officially. located. But moved to a larger location a couple of years ago. And, I mean, it's everybody so I know strange. in Kansas City that's big into any sort of gaming or board gaming is that's knows Tabletop, and that's their go-to because it's super friendly, and they super have a shop helpful. And they who have, has, like, extra toes. Yeah, and they have just the mass a massive library of games. So I think overall the message is, I understand if you agree with Tom Vassell, and I get where you're coming from because 
you know, I, I like to say save money if I can. And sometimes your local game store doesn't have the game you want or the game you're looking for. And and I've used I'm not sitting here like on a on a pedestal saying I don't order games from online because I do. But I just think you have to be very careful about like sending out that negative message, especially with the poll he has. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just not not quite fair to stereotype all board game stores and say, well, they're not necessary and they're not mm-hmm. something they're not they're not relevant. When we've tried many times in our small town to do Facebook meetups and meetup meetups and all these different things to try to do a board game something somewhere and have never had the turnout that we do at our at our friendly local game store. And we even have it's funny because most of the time when we're there, we meet people from our town. It's like, oh hey, we're from here, you know, we're from here too. And so it's like, you know, we everybody has driven now thirty minutes to go play games together, and sometimes that might seem silly because we could have probably met here. But it's just the neutral meeting spot. Yeah, well, like. the, the store is an, an incredible lever to get things moving in the community. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have a we have a passionate gaming community. Maybe maybe gaming communities everywhere are passionate. But you know, we've got the we've got the right community. You know, we just need those places, those you know, those those central points where people can converge and get together and um, you know make things happen, throw events together. You know, we, we've we've all done events just. You know, really, just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't. You know, I, you know, I, I love Village Geek. I'm, I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, you know, they don't pay me. No. Um, you know, I, yeah, they don't they, pay me they're, for those. You know, I think I get, I think I get the same, same rewards for running an event that somebody does for, for being in it. And I'm, I'm happy to do that. I enjoy doing that so much. And I'm, I'm so thankful that they're, they're giving me a space to do that. Because if I run that event out of my house. Uh, you know, I don't know who's going to show up. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we even had a Gen Con um, exhibit there after we got back from Gen Con. We brought all of mm-hmm. our games, kind of showed them off to the board game community. You know, they gave us their Warhammer table, their big Warhammer table, said, you know, here you go. Fill it up. We filled it up. We filled it up. We filled it up with games. And, like, we had people that drove from an hour to come down here just listen to us talk about games. Mm-hmm. Like, and then those people are also returning and playing games now. I think that says something for the local game store. If you're doing and, and it right. And listening to the podcast, I hope. And, and listening to the podcast. If you've got people that are willing to drive an hour, hour and a half out of... We've got a board game group that comes down once a month, and that's an hour and a half away. Like, I think that says something if they're willing mm-hmm. to take the yeah, time. The will is there. We, they just need some place to three hours out of their day there yeah. and back. I think a better message overall would have from this whole thing would have been you know you don't have to support your local game store if a local game store isn't giving you something to support right. it for yes yeah. don't, and don't, I don't it into it if, if it no. is a local game store that is not providing that friendly atmosphere that good customer service there's no reason to support them no they don't deserve your support and you shouldn't feel guilty for not and exactly and you know if that's the only option you have around then yeah Go for buying everything online. I believe there's a good give and take, though, of some things you should buy online and some things you should buy in a local game store because you want to support that friendly atmosphere. You want to help them stick around. You want to support local economy, things like that. And so there is that that give and take. And you're going to pay a little more for it, but you have it now, and you have somebody there that's willing to help you out with it. And I think for me, my personal model that I have started doing with, with having such a great game store that I want to support has been, if I know there's a big game coming out that has a higher price tag that I want, I try to go ahead and just save up the extra money to buy it in my store because I'm already going to spend $75 on this game. Yeah, I may go on Amazon and pay 60 
but I want to go ahead and save up so I can pay 75 in the store and support the local game store. Maybe I buy my little games, things that, I mean, your savings are over a dollar, you know, most of the time. Anyway, something smaller, you know, I'll buy that online and then throw it in the collection. But I've really tried, if I know, like, Pandemic Legacy Season 2, whoop, whoop, so excited. I'll be pre-ordering that from Village Geek. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure I can get it online or <laughs> get the deal you got last year. Uh, you know... Yeah. I'm gonna be say I'm just gonna buy it for Village Geek, even though you know I'm gonna pay maybe a couple dollars more, not that much, but just because that's yeah, that I want to mm-hmm. support them and I want to support what they're doing. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and you you look at you look at some of the some of the new research that has come out, some of the studies that have been done. It's people are a lot happier, not so much when they're spending their money for more stuff. It's when they're spending their money On for more time and experience. You know, so so something like. You come to a store that's got like an open, you know, open game day. If you pick up a game there, uh, there's a good chance that someone there is going to kind of help you get get an idea how to play it. Maybe maybe teach you how to play it and run you through a game if if there's time. You know, um, you know, I don't I don't work for a game store, and I will anytime. You know, unless something something very urgent happening, I am happy to stop what I'm doing, run somebody through a game. You know, I'll cover the high points if there's if there's time. We'll we can sit down and we can we can learn how to play that game. And I will do that. I don't get anything out of it other than I just really enjoy um, you know bringing people into the hobby and getting people comfortable with that. You can't you can't necessarily get that off of some like online videos. Like I'm I'm just not a big fan of you watch a 10 minute video on how to play a game. If if you're playing the game after that, you're probably doing it wrong. Like you're you're missing something. Oh, there's, yeah. there's details that it just it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like that medium is. Is, is very successful for delivering the game because there's no feedback. The person who made that video doesn't know which points you need a little bit more attention on or or maybe won't talk about strategy or anything like that, which are yeah, important think, pieces of the game. I think um, I had a really good example of that today. I had, you know, I've played Resistance a whole bunch, know how to play with Resistance, mm-hmm. but I had to teach uh, Re- Avalon, Re- Resistance yeah. Avalon. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, let me just pull up a video real quick and look at it. And like, yeah, yeah, they go over the rules, but they don't go over the meat of the game. Like, they don't say... Okay, here's the meat of the game where you're trying, if you're the bad guys, you're trying to convince everybody to take bad people in. You know, it doesn't talk about that. And so if you were to watch this video, I think your gameplay with Resistance would be very different than if somebody taught it to you. I think it would be very different because to watch that game play, it was very stoic and very, okay, now you're going to choose if you're going to pass or fail. Okay, now you're going to, you know, I think it would be very stoic and you would That's not how you play Resistance. No. There should be yelling. You're screaming at people. (laughs) There should be slamming. You are making wild accusations (laughs) of things that aren't even possible in the game. Yeah, no. Resistance, you get into it. Yeah. And so I think that that, that's something that you lose when you're watching online tutorials. And we've done that. Absolutely. We've done that. I mean, there's games, like I said, we've played Catan for like five years wrong before we realized we played it wrong. Well, you pick up a game like Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. If you haven't watched experienced players play that game, like, uh, can you imagine someone that that just plays that game without any, you know, like, 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 like you walk up to the sheriff and just say, okay, hey, this is what I have. The sheriff says, okay, I'm going to check it. And that's what your game is? No. No. There's no back and forth. Nobody's going to. Paul always tells the truth. Nobody's gonna in that try game. to sweeten the sweeten the pot. I do, and I lose. <laughs> Paul always tells the truth in that game. Hard to make an honest buck these days. 
Were those days? Those days, these days, those days. <laughs> Sheriff days. <laughs> With that, I just want to say overall, I say if you've got a great store, support them. They, if if you're if you're having a meetup there and people are showing up, support them. Yeah. You, you know, and if if you if you're you know out in out in the the gaming desert, you don't have a store or you don't have a good store, you know, still put your energy into the community somehow. Find the people that are gaming. Find the people that are trying to make things better. And throw some energy in there because you're going to get a return on that. Yeah, you know, I actually uh, know of a board game group that meets up on at IHOP. Not here, oh, yeah, but that's sure. what they, that's what they have access to, and it's 24 hours. Yeah. And so they have them some some pancakes and board games. Yeah, and, you, you know, know, if that's what you got to do, that's great. You get you get friendly with the manager of IHOP. That's 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 yeah. your, that's your game store. You know, they're yeah. not they're not selling you any games, but they'll they'll give you a table to play on, and then that's. And all the, you can the, eat pancakes. Those things are great, but yeah, if you can if you can get get a get a community that's that's big enough and makes enough noise, um, I think you can start getting. You can either get those shops to kind of start popping up, or or maybe you get the the shop that isn't isn't really taking care of the community to, to pay more attention and you know invest a little bit more and, and I think maybe that's uh, maybe that's kind of what's started to happen around here because this, you know we were we were kind of in a, in a in a dry spot for a long time it was you know we you know if we if we were gonna play some games if we were gonna put put together a game night it was gonna be at someone's house mm-hmm. and then and, you know and then who knows who's showing up and that was always you or know. you're playing with the same people every time and that doesn't mm-hmm. build the community and I'm I, I like the idea of building the community that's something I'm passionate yeah. about I want I want somebody to come in and, and, and do something in a game that, that I've never seen before. Like you, you yeah. really want somebody to to really kind That's of That's like throw that kid that destroyed us a pitch car this weekend. We got like rep. He it, didn't end up he didn't end up winning, but this kid like came up with like three of us gamers hanging out playing pitch car. He's like a little bit of I don't know five six yeah, wanted that, to play, and so we're like sure. And he's like all right, you're gonna flick your car, and if it falls off. You have to go back to where you started. Everything else. And he's like jumping holes in the track and knocking yeah. people off. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I, and I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my I'm gonna stick with my theory that, that kids are just better at dex games in general. <laughs> like, I, see, we see that all the time with with high school. Oh, you, you, yeah. You get a couple of kids playing that game, and it's just you like, got no I, don't, I don't have a chance. I should, your gamer brain can, can think all of your mind. Like, like I'm, I'm just nudging my penguin every time it's my turn, because <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not going where I want it to go otherwise. So, I think, yeah, and I, those are just experiences you don't get anywhere else. You're just not going to get that, you mm-hmm. know? Sort of like holiday gathering where you've got everybody and their brother over, but... I mean, even then, you got a lot of, yeah, unless you're family gamers, you've probably got a lot of non-gamers that aren't going to get into it. You know, and there's, there's always the oasis. If you're really in a bad spot, you don't have, you don't have a community you're connected with. You don't have a store to go to. You know, keep an eye on conventions. There's so many gaming conventions oh. popping up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's not great. It's not it's not something something you're going to do every week, but it does give you an opportunity to connect with gamers. And... I, I've been to I've been to a lot of conventions. Uh, those are really positive and inclusive communities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they really, especially the gaming communities, they really accept people of all all, all 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 kinds of people. You know, anything. Uh, social anxiety is what a the... big thing for for gamers, and those are the places where those people can really shine. It was really a really well. cool situation this weekend because, like, you had all the games, and you had, the, you had people playing Flexion, people playing Scythe. So you had the range mm-hmm. of games games 
Did you notice the dad and his two kids that played Mice and Mystics all weekend? Because they were adorable. They sat over at one of the side side tables, and that's what they did all weekend. I kept going by and checking on them and seeing how they were doing. And, like, that's what they did. I mean... Yeah, that's a like, great idea. Yeah, you it was just a dad burn, and it, I'm guessing... Whole, I mean, I'm assuming... I'm assuming it was his kids. And it was just a guy and two kids. And, like, yeah, that's what they did all weekend. Is they just sat there and went through Mice and Mystics. I'm like, that, that's so cool. Like, Did they play with or without the cheese? Oh, they played with the cheese. Ooh. It was rough. Ooh. And so... So um, they just played that first scenario over like and over 6, again. 6,000 times over and over. Get to the kitchen and just be done. Just, like I said, I'm, I think my, my takeaway from it is... Support your local game store if you've got a great one. If you don't, yeah, keep your, save up your money. Go to a convention, mm-hmm. um, even if it is a small one. Like if you can't make yeah. it to Gen Con, you can't make it. To, yeah, you know, Tsuna- Tsunami Con is is a very affordable thing. You know, you, uh-huh. yeah, Wichita can get you some some lodging pretty cheap. I got a, I got a guest room. Hit me up, whatever. You know, we can Not we, we, we can make something work. You know, um, he's gonna start Airbnb, but only for board gamers. We'll look into that. We'll look into that. We'll, get, we'll, we'll circle back on that. One. We'll circle back on that one. You should totally try to try to. You know, it's, it's all it's all parts of the puzzle. So yeah. you know, you, you you have your community. You have your you have your stores. You have your your board game cafes and then conventions oh, and, and things like that. that. These are all pieces that all all kind of fit together. So you know, you, you get as many of those pieces as you can, and you kind of you kind of try to fill out the rest as as time goes by and. Uh, you know, a really energetic community can make a lot of things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when we were talking to the tabletop uh, board game cafe today, I mean, Paul lives in the same town as that is. It's an hour drive for Jay and I. But you know, even like we've talked to them about, like, yeah, we'll come out. We'll we'll, we'll help you out. We'll we'll teach some games. We'll come out and play games. I mean, I fully I, I fully pre- plan to go out there. And then we have Paul, who's already here, and so he's like, "Yeah, I'll come over. I'll teach some games." Yeah, and so I, I've got the basic workings for a for a functional smash up tournament that I could uh, I could throw together pretty quick. At as this long point, as you can you know? lift eighty pounds in one box, I can. I can. <laughs> like an application, it's like, yeah, I have a weight restriction. Yeah, you must be able to lift this much. Yeah, that's what's needed for that smash up box. It needs to stay yeah. on there, like. Has to be able to lift this much. Can we get a? But you, you know, even even for you know, the smash up tournament is. A great example. You know, I, I saw people come out for that that I, I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. and they came out just because they wanted to play some Smash Up. So there are people that, that if, if it's their game, oh, they'll, they'll be out. Oh they'll, yeah, and it doesn't do matter. I mean, um, Tsunami Con drew people from four hours away, four hours away that I know of. Well, and then one, well, we, yeah, I mean Canada, yeah, Canada, that, yeah, but people from Canada, somebody from California, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it was, you know, and this is to. I mean, Wichita, Kansas is not exactly the biggest metro. <laughs> so, Air capital of the world. Uh, it's not exactly the most hoppinest town you can go to. So I thought that was really cool, especially for us. I mean, we say it's a small con. I mean, it's. We, I think we had a couple. I don't know what the numbers are. I mean, we had probably three, three, four hundred people come through. Mm-hmm. Tsunami Con is is probably bigger than the tabletop gaming areas for other kinds of cons. So, yeah. so like at a Comic-Con, you're, you're always going to have that tabletop area. I think Tsunami Con is probably bigger than, yeah. than what you'd see at your average Comic-Con or, um, you know, like PAX, video game conventions. They're, they're, they're usually pretty good with, with tabletop games, so that might be a... Somebody might have to do a head count there, but but this was a pretty big... Uh, Pretty big group of, of especially is, you just count the people playing tabletop games. You're not not, not even talking about the RPG. like pen and paper RPGs and and some of the other things that were going on. Just people that miniature picked painting? up board games. There was miniature and, painting going on. Yeah, so so yeah, it's it's 
you know that's a good one and, and there there's there's tons of them that are popping up all over the place so oh yeah you know if you're, if you're not if you're not around this area keep your eyes open there's something get, out get there. ambitious make your own con but there's more and more board game cons popping up and yeah. oh, yeah. so smaller towns are putting them on there's you know a store in, in a town is putting it on mm-hmm. but they're popping up more and more just as a way to get people together and tsunami con started the same way yeah it well, was yeah. just started as a con of trying to get a place to get a bunch of people together to play mm-hmm. some games because there were a bunch of people who wanted to play games yeah and and, and, and where are you gonna where are you gonna do that for the first first couple of times you, you do it like you, you, uh, when, you, hotel when you're gonna have six people right. show up to to your first first run of a con or something that you're kind of workshopping as a con you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna rent out you know a convention center mm-hmm. for anything like that like you know as things grow that, that's another place where the local stores are really kind of a kind of a huge benefit well I think that's all we have we will not leave you as long as we did this time um, that is the plan we are going to try to get back on our projected path of bi-weekly or bi-weekly yeah that's right bi-weekly like not, not two times a week Bi-weekly, uh, putting out something. You might be seeing more one-offs from maybe one of us or two of us. Maybe some one-off board board game reviews. We're kind of playing with some different. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, play. We'll play with the format a little bit. We've yeah. got some ideas of how we want to try to change things up a little bit. Maybe improve some things. Uh, you know. So any, of course, any feedback is great. Let us know if you like what we're doing. Yes. If you don't like what we're doing, don't tell us because we're sensitive. Yes. Um, but, you know, if you have good things to say, we we'd love to hear that. We have feelings, too. We're snowflakes. We have yeah. feelings, too. So, um, also, pay attention to Facebook. Breaking the Nice on Facebook. Um, I do hop on there. Uh, every once in a while, do one-off board game reviews. Board, and I'll just talk to you guys about board games. So, please have our notifications on and follow us for that. Um, follow us on Twitter. Paul normally manages the Twitter. At so Breaking the Dice. He puts out some very thought-provoking tweets from Breaking the Dice. So we'll follow us that, there. Yeah. yeah, so follow us there. And then, yeah, give us, give us feedback and let us know um, on either one of those platforms. Till next week, we'll see you later.